0: automotive recalls appear to have reached epidemic proportions is there a cure for the disease hi everybody i'm bob bowman managing editor of supply chain brain and this is the supply chain brain podcast The recent massive recall of airbags made by the Japanese manufacturer Takata is now acknowledged to be the biggest recall in the United States, involving more than 53 million automobiles globally. But it's only the latest in what seems like an endless stream of quality failures, some of them resulting in death or severe injury to drivers and passengers. According to a report by Stericycle, there were an average of two automotive recalls a day in the first quarter of 2015. In addition to faulty airbags, we've seen failures in electrical systems, latches and locks, and steering mechanisms. And don't forget the Toyota floor mat problem of just a few years ago. So what exactly is going on here? In the age of the Internet and state-of-the-art technology, why can't automakers get it right? Today, I'm speaking with Evan Hirsch, a partner at the global consulting firm known as Strategy and. He helps us to understand why recalls happen whether the problem is getting better or worse, why having a global supply chain cuts both ways, and how OEMs and suppliers can mitigate the risks that lead to recalls. When it comes to product quality, automakers will never attain perfection, but there are ways in which they can get better. So here is my conversation with Evan Hirsch. Evan Hirsch, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, my pleasure, Bob. Happy to be here.
0: So we're hearing about the recent Takata recall of airbags. that included more than 53 million automobiles around the world, as I understand it, involved most of the major automakers, and is now considered the biggest recall in the United States. Evan, why do recalls happen today?
1: Well, recalls have always happened. I think, uh, Bob, uh, automotive vehicles are extremely complex uh, engineering marvels, and it takes quite a bit to make sure that they're foolproof as possible and not always successful. So given the multitude of components, the multitude of suppliers, uh, things don't always work out perfectly. And therefore, particularly for safety reasons, uh, there are recalls.
0: But is it fair to say that today's automotive supply chain is more complex and more globalized than those of the past?
1: I think on both counts you're right. I think the the vehicles are much more complex than they have, have been in the past. And certainly the industry is more global than it has been in the past. So I think both factors are contributing to the larger recalls and certainly some of the headlines that we've been seeing.
0: So many more electronics, so much more high-tech, which in theory makes things more effective. I mean, a lot of aspects of of, of vehicles today are much more reliable than they used to be, thanks to the use of high-tech. But at the same time, that does introduce a whole new level of complexity and possibility for failure, right?
1: Uh, Exactly. If you actually look at the reliability of components, replacement rates of parts, they have gone down dramatically over time, particularly over the last uh, five to ten years. Still, uh, they're not perfect.
0: Is it accurate to say that the problem is getting worse, or is that just too simplistic or not even accurate?
1: I think it's hard to tell whether the problem is getting worse. I think that, as you stated there, are a couple of factors that both truly may increase the amount of recalls, but also I think maybe the media attention, since we've had a big one that has. Had a knock on effect of everybody trying to make sure that they're doing their best to avoid recalls, and particularly ones that have critical safety implications. So, too soon to tell. Uh, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if you look at the longer term trend that the severe amount of recalls will actually be declining over time. The things that are going on are actually the two drivers you mentioned uh, more technology, more complexity in the vehicles and the global supply chain, which means often when you have a recall, it's much, much bigger than it was in the past. It affects more vehicles with global platforms and suppliers that are larger and therefore supplying to more manufacturers or more models than they might have in the past.
0: Have you seen any figures that quantify the cost to industry and consumers of recalls in in the automotive sector?
1: I have seen figures, uh, none that we've developed ourselves, and so it's hard to say what the the cumulative costs are, and whether that's growing or declining, uh, nothing that I've seen that's, that's totally credible,
0: Bob. So where are things going wrong? What parts of the vehicle do you believe are most responsible today for recalls? Certainly the airbag situation is in the, is in the headlines, but is that, in fact, the leading cause of recalls, and what are some others?
1: Again, when you look over the long term, it's going to be hard to say that there's one particular area that's the cause, Uh, Some of the recent uh, recalls have been uh, very much not related to electronics or software, but more hardware, more mechanically oriented. Uh, In the future, will that be the same? Don't know. I I think it's very, very difficult to sort of draw a line or extrapolate from, you know, one major recall and say what's going to happen to the industry uh, overall going forward. I I think, again, given the complexity that you may find different levels of recalls, uh, certainly with different implications to the consumer and different levels of threat across the board in many different places. Uh, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see the overall percentage you know, the same or you know, possibly decline. Uh, there's some probability that it could increase over time.
0: Do you think that OEMs are doing a good job of managing recalls when they do happen?
1: A good thing to say is that OEMs are certainly learning. Um, I think the the trial by fire, the the publicity of some of the recent recalls is forcing a lot of OEMs to go back to the basics and talk about uh, among themselves, do they have the right kind of processes and procedures in place and what do they need to do differently going forward? Certainly the media attention, the spotlight that they've received causes uh, some concern and some pause among manufacturers to make sure they're doing everything they possibly can. to focus on managing
0: this correctly. Sometimes we hear about double recalls, where it it takes one recall to remove a faulty part and another to replace it because they're just not coordinated. I'm wondering how common that is and how much that ends up prolonging something that's already painful adds more pain to the process in the eyes of the consumer just because they don't have their act together 100%.
1: Again, hard to say. I think it's dangerous to draw implications from uh, one or two uh, incidents to what the trend will be you know, you'd like to be able to uh, both ameliorate any kind of danger to the public and at the same time to be able to fix it you know, that's not always the case and it certainly is dependent on what type of recall or campaign or issue uh, that you're
0: dealing with so every automaker now seems to have a system whereby they're utilizing a global platform for their production around the world suppliers all over the place multiple tiers I guess that's a good thing in terms of efficiency and um, cost control, but there is an extent, is there not, to which a global platform provides a downside in the production area. Does that not heighten the possibility of recalls?
1: So first, I think it's completely fair. I don't know about every manufacturer, every program, that the platforms are becoming much, much more global. The economics of the industry will continue to support global platforms. I think you'll see that uh, growing. The number of vehicles that are on global platforms, the size of the platforms in terms of percentage of the overall market will continue to increase. Uh, The pressure in terms of capital investments will force that to happen. That, That being said, it does in some ways create more risk because when you have a recall, certainly one that's a lot of attention, it affects more vehicles, quite simply. I believe that global platforms are inevitable. We'll continue to see a greater number of global platforms and more of vehicle production on global platforms. That doesn't necessarily mean that we'll see greater risk. I think manufacturers will come up with different ways to manage that risk in terms of maybe splitting volume among suppliers, uh, different safety protocols for uh, uh, different types of parts. Uh, Clearly, Global platforms uh, create some of these risks, but there are ways to ameliorate them.
0: Is it possible to generalize where are the weak links in global automotive supply chains? Where do the problems arise that cause recalls the most?
1: Given the complexity, the problems can occur anywhere. And so if you look at most of the causes of recalls, you would find that they're from suppliers. And maybe not even the tier one suppliers could be tier two suppliers. Uh, quite frankly, because much of the value added comes from the suppliers. But whether it's one specific type of component or area or types of suppliers, I don't. I think it's difficult and unlikely that you can generalize.
0: Is it possible to say though that there is more pressure on suppliers today than ever before? I mean, I'm thinking that. Um, it seems like even though automotive manufacturers haven't gone the way of like high-tech OEMs and completely outsourced production of a product, they seem to be relying more and more on outside suppliers for larger components and things like that. I wonder, first of all, is that an accurate statement? And if it is, are suppliers under more pressure than ever before in the area of part production and, and recall control?
1: I think at a high level there have been a few things that have happened in the industry. One, if you go way back in time, uh, certainly, there's been more outsourcing of value-added to suppliers. I think if you take over the past you know 10 or 15 years, it, it hasn't been as dramatic as you might think. The amount of value-added from suppliers is, is pretty constant. I think it, what you have seen, in addition, is that many suppliers have been more focused and larger. And so I think the pressure comes from the fact, of course, always for quality and reliability, but the fact that when something goes wrong, it has a much, much bigger impact. And so a supplier that maybe in the past you know, had, had many different components and businesses that it was in may have fewer today, but would have much bigger scale. And so that in and of itself creates more risk for the supplier and if you want more pressure.
0: Let's talk solutions. What are some initial steps that an OEM should be taking taking to shore up its supply chain from day one and head off the possibility of, of recalls?
1: I think you have to look at every element of, of the process, from design to testing, uh, reliability testing, the management of suppliers. Also, strategically, how many suppliers do you want to use? So if you have a global platform, you're trying to source a component Uh, You may well have one supplier, but there's nothing that says that you can't have multiple suppliers for backup. Uh, Also being very clear about how dependent a supply chain is on smaller suppliers, more concentrated suppliers, which we saw with the Japanese difficulty after the tsunami. There are other types of risks besides the fact that something can go wrong with the the sourcing of a supplier. So I, I think I think you'll see manufacturers rethink some of those elements, again, design, uh, testing, safety, supplier, sourcing strategies to help offset the what you've identified as the added risk from global platforms.
0: I wonder if there's a certain irony in the move by OEMs to cut down on their suppliers, which is a, a cost move, number one. A, uh, an attempt to cut down on complexity, number two, but also, uh, on paper at least, a strategy to improve uh, reliability because the fewer suppliers mean you have more time to spend. You become more familiar with that particular supplier. You get to know it and you get to trust it. And yet, at the same time, does that not increase risk if that trusted single supplier goes down and suddenly you're in trouble or, or, they, or a defective part does come out of that supplier? So... I'm just wondering, how do you balance that? Is it, you know, bottom line, a good thing or a bad thing to reduce your suppliers?
1: Again, if you look at the the facts, I think you'd see that the reliability of many components has improved dramatically. So it's hard to argue that the sourcing strategies of the OEMs have not been successful. Uh, Granted, global platforms, as we said, you know, more volume that's affected by a problem means more risk. But that doesn't think, mean that things have gotten uh, more challenging, or that you're moving the wrong way in terms of relying on fewer suppliers. It actually may mean those suppliers are stronger, uh, more capable. But to to offset what you know was potentially in the past would have been a smaller, more contained problem is now a bigger problem. When it happens, affects more vehicles. The OEMs will have to think about some countermeasures. Whether again, that's you know, dual sourcing or whether it's different uh, safety protocols for different types of parts, whatever it may be, I think that there'll be some things you can do to offset the risk to uh, to continue to reap the benefits of of more concentrated supplier base and stronger supplier base.
0: So keeping a B supplier in the wings to some extent or giving an additional supplier some business on an ongoing basis, not a bad idea after all.
1: It, for many types of components, for some manufacturers, that certainly will make sense.
0: What to do, though, when a recall or a defective part does happen, because it's going to happen at one point or another. What are What's your advice on, on how OEMs should sort of jump into action to head off making the problem worse than it already is?
1: If you just observe what's going on, I think that OEMs are learning a lot from these experiences as challenging as they might be, how to respond to problems, uh, number one, what level of urgency, how to even be proactive in identifying problems before others, uh, governments, whoever it might be, uh, identify problems, and then figuring out the most uh, efficient way to quickly identify the problem, how big it is, and how to contain it and then reverse it. Um, I think the OEMs are all learning important lessons they're putting into practice uh, every day now to uh, work harder to address these problems when they arise.
0: Do you think we'll see more proactive recalls, where an OEM, just to be on the safe side, recalls a whole class of product or a whole type of automobile even before the, uh, the defect has, has kind of appeared within that vehicle. Uh, isn't that a little bit of what Takata did?
1: I think that you know there are different degrees of recall, campaigns, recalls. I don't know about uh, preemptive or proactive, but I certainly think being on top of uh, potential problems, uh, being more sensitive and sooner, uh, I think that many OEMs will sort of have that as one of the one of their playbook uh, elements as they go forward.
0: What role do you think uh, this is a little bit outside the area of solutions, but I'm just wondering as a as a phenomenon, the growth of social media, the impact that that's having on the whole recall situation. Isn't that kind of amping things up uh, for better or worse, and causing even more challenges for OEMs and their suppliers?
1: Well, I think social media uh, creates challenges for any branded product, any consumer product. Uh, certainly, people talk about about things. It does elevate the, the the level of attention and emotions around things. I think that's just the nature of the world that we live in. I, I don't know if it's uh, unique to to recalls. I think it's unique. It it's it's relevant to any branded product and almost any any company out there today.
0: Of course, social media can also be of help in terms of controlling and, and spreading the word about a recall and, and managing the public relations aspect of it. I guess the OEM should consider that as, as a positive thing as well, right?
1: Possibly. I think there are lots of, uh, with the advent of you know, more and more uh, digital electronics, personal devices, more electronics in the vehicle, OEMs will have more tools at their disposal, whether it's telematics, you know, self-diagnosing vehicles, to potentially identify problems sooner, being able to react to them sooner. I don't think social media is necessarily necessarily the, the best uh, the best way to identify problems on a vehicle. Hopefully there are others that the OEMs have through their dealers, through the cars talking to them, uh, in addition to uh, their customers talking to them.
0: Well, the customers going to be talking whether you like it or not, so you probably need to be part of the conversation, I, as I'm guessing. but uh,
1: a- Absolutely. About- I think w- when problems do occur, figure out how to manage that, how to how to be prepared for it, how to react, uh, will certainly, I think, be another page in the playbook of, of a lot of these OEMs.
0: What about the role of technology in helping OEMs to manage recalls and relationships with suppliers? What are we seeing there in the IT area that can actually be a benefit specifically in this area?
1: My guess is we'll see huge uh, changes in that over time. We're still, I think, in the infancy of connected vehicles and the potential that they have both to make vehicles more reliable, to identify problems, and to resolve problems. Uh, Down the line, those types of communications, the ability of cars to communicate back to the dealers, to the OEMs, to do that sort of ubiquitously and broadly, Well, I think will create lots of value to the consumers over time. I think we're still on the very beginning uh, stages of that.
0: From the OEM standpoint, though, you think it can be of help in, in validating supplier quality?
1: Certainly um, figuring out first if I have a problem or you know, how prolific is it, how real is it identifying it possibly sooner. And then also, even further down the line, is how to build more reliable vehicles over time. I think there's some manufacturers that are actually using a lot of that data that's generated today to do do just that.
0: So what's our takeaway here, Evan? What is the most important thing that OEMs need to know in order to manage the issue of recalls?
1: We've had uh, a lot of attention on recalls because of what's happened recently. I don't know that that fundamentally changes the game. I think many of the OEMs recognize the problem and and because of uh, you know, a few situations won't fundamentally change what they're doing. I do believe as we've talked about global platforms, the large amount of vehicles that can be affected by problems in the vehicle mean that OEMs have to be much more vigilant about these and figure out in the new world what additional tools they have to leverage, whether it's the technology you talked about or whether it's different design practices or safety protocols, uh, whether it's different sourcing protocols to think about the best way to make the vehicles as safe and reliable as they possibly can be.
0: No amount of technology in the vehicle, no matter how reliable, is going to make the issue of recalls go away, I would have to assume.
1: No, I think it's like technology in general, it's a two-edged sword. It creates lots of opportunity for improvement, but in some cases it also creates potential for other problems, whether it's your cell phone or your computer or even your vehicle, they don't always operate perfectly. But I go back to the point we discussed earlier. If you look at the reliability of automobiles, you take any component or any system, it's just gotten so much more reliable over the past 10, 20 years.
0: Well, all all indications are consumers are going to be heightening their expectations, that regulations are going to get tougher, and this is going to be an even bigger challenge for OEMs and suppliers going forward. So, Evan Hirsch, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us, outlining some of the challenges, some of the solutions out there in the world of automotive recalls. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Bob. Thanks for inviting me uh, to speak with you today. I enjoyed it.
0: That was my conversation with Evan Hirsch of Strategy Am, talking about the seemingly never-ending problem of automotive recalls. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at scbrain.